Visit CruiseCultureApparel.com for the latest issue of Cruise Culture Magazine featuring the raddest home and garage built rides. You are listening to the Cruise Culture Magazine podcast, covering all of your favorite articles from the magazine and more. Like, subscribe, and tell us what you think in the comments below. Keep Cruise Culture alive. What's up, cruisers? Welcome back. Thank you to everyone who has been checking out the podcast so far. We really appreciate it. As always, if you have any suggestions on content you want to see or hear about, make sure you get a hold of us and let us know. Some quick housekeeping. June's cover of the magazine has been released on all our social medias, and the issue is now available for pre-order. Make sure to head over to cruiseCultureApparel.com to order yours or even to get a subscription so you never miss the next one. This issue is packed with the awesome photography of Travis Rowe of TRD Photography, based out of Cold Lake, Alberta, and covers some of the incredible and meticulously built trucks from Aftermath Canada. This is definitely an issue you do not want to miss. Quick shout out to all of the advertisers that make that magazine possible. LS Fab, A's Performance, Blue Collar Garage, Velaworks, GMSS Fab, Snowden Custom Seats, Refreshed Hot Rods, Syndicate Auto Salon, Miss Hepburn Vintage, H Bros Mechanical, Phytech EFI, Overkill Customs, Trefco Appraisals and Safety Services, and Precision Paintless Dent Repair. Also, Brian would like to apologize as he will not be attending Red Deer Cruisemate this year or any of their events. This means that he might not see some of you at his other shows throughout the season, but he wishes you all the best and hopes to run into you and your awesome rides in the summer regardless. If you have a show or event you would like us to participate in, let us know as soon as you can. Our summer is booking up fast. Now, let's drive into some history. Some thug history? Henry Ford and his notorious service department from the 1920s and 30s. Ford is a name that is synonymous with the automobile industry. His innovative ideas, pioneering spirit, and business acumen revolutionized the way we travel, work, and live. However, there is a darker side to the man who is often credited with bringing affordable cars to the masses. Ford was a man with gangster-like tendencies, and his legacy is tainted by some unsavory actions. Ford was born in 1863 in Michigan, and he grew up on a farm. He had a natural talent for mechanics and engineering, which led him to pursue a career in the emerging automobile industry. In 1903, he founded the Ford Motor Company, which quickly became one of the most successful businesses in the world. Ford's vision was to create a car that was affordable for the average person, and he succeeded in doing so with the Model T. But Ford's dark side extended into his business practices. One of the key factors that led to Ford's downfall was his anti-Semitic views and actions. Ford was known for publishing a newspaper called the Dearborn Independent, which frequently printed articles attacking Jewish people and promoting conspiracy theories about Jewish control of the economy. In 1927, Ford was sued by a group of Jewish activists for libel, and he eventually settled the case by agreeing to discontinue the publication of the newspaper. He was also known for his aggressive tactics and willingness to use violence to get what he wanted. In the early 1900s, Ford hired a group of thugs known as the Service Department to intimidate and beat up union organizers who were attempting to organize Ford's workers. 
The service department was responsible for numerous violent acts, including the beating of a union organizer named Walter Ruther, who later went on to become the president of the United Auto Workers. In addition to his violent tactics, Ford was also known for his stubbornness and refusal to adapt to changing times. He famously refused to incorporate new technologies such as hydraulic brakes and independent suspension into his cars, even though they were becoming standard features on other automobiles. This stubbornness ultimately led to Ford losing market share to other automakers. The service department was made up of a group of around 150 to 200 men who were hired by Ford to provide security and maintain order in the factories. However, they were also tasked with spying on Ford employees and union organizers and using force to prevent them from organizing or engaging in collective bargaining. The service department was led by Harry Bennett, who was known for his aggressive use of violence to achieve his objectives. Bennett and his men were accused of physically assaulting union organizers, vandalizing union offices, and even engaging in espionage and sabotage against Ford's competitors. The actions of the service department were controversial and led to several high-profile lawsuits and investigations. In 1937, the United Auto Workers organized a sit-down strike at the Ford River Rouge Complex, which resulted in a violent confrontation between the striking workers and the service department. The incident led to a federal investigation and a public backlash against Ford and Bennett. The service department, also known as the Service Bureau, were tasked with intimidating and attacking anyone who posed a threat to Ford's business interests. One of the most infamous incidents involving the service department occurred in 1932, when a group of union organizers attempted to distribute leaflets outside of a Ford plant. The service department was dispatched to deal with the situation, and they attacked the organizers with clubs and brass knuckles, leaving several people injured. The incident was widely reported in the media, and it led to a public outcry against Ford's use of violence to suppress labor unions. Another notable incident involving the service department was the Battle of the Overpass, which occurred in 1937. The incident was sparked when a group of union organizers attempted to distribute leaflets to Ford workers outside of the River Rouge complex in Michigan. The service department was dispatched to deal with the organizers, and they attacked them with clubs and brass knuckles as they attempted to cross a pedestrian bridge over the complex. The incident was captured on film by a photographer who was working for the United Auto Workers, and the footage showed the service department attacking the union organizers as they attempted to cross the bridge. The footage was widely circulated and again caused massive public outcry, leading to an investigation into Ford's labor practices. The service department also had a reputation for attacking journalists who were critical of Ford or his company. In 1914, a group of reporters attempted to interview Ford at his factory in Highland Park, Michigan. The service department was dispatched to deal with the reporters, and they attacked them with clubs and destroyed their cameras. The incident caused a public relations disaster for Ford and led to a backlash against his use of violence to suppress criticism. Harry Bennett was a key figure in Henry Ford's inner circle and led the Ford Service Department during the 1920s and 1930s. Bennett was born in 1892 in Michigan and served in the U.S. Navy during World War I. After the war, he worked briefly for the Packard Motor Company before joining Ford in 1919 as a security guard. Bennett quickly rose through the ranks at Ford and became head of the Service Department in 1921. Under his leadership, the service department grew in size and became increasingly powerful within the company. He was notoriously suspicious of outsiders and was known to use electronic surveillance and other forms of espionage to monitor Ford employees and competitors. During the 1930s, Bennett became one of the most powerful men at Ford and was seen by many as the ruler of the company. 
He was known for his close relationship with Henry Ford and his ability to control access to the reclusive industrialist. However, Bennett's tactics also made him many enemies, particularly among union organizers and left-wing activists who viewed him as a threat to their efforts to organize Ford workers. Bennett's reputation as a ruthless enforcer of Ford's anti-union policies was cemented during the 1930s, when he led a campaign of violence and intimidation against union organizers and striking workers. His actions were controversial and led to several high-profile lawsuits and investigations. However, Bennett remained a powerful figure at Ford until the late 1940s, when he was forced out following a power struggle with other executives. After leaving Ford, Bennett became a successful businessman and wrote several books about his experiences at the company. He died in 1979 at the age of 87. Despite the controversies surrounding the service department, Ford continued to use the group throughout the 1920s and 1930s. However, after the Battle of the Overpass in 1937 and the ensuing investigation into Ford's labor practices, the group was disbanded. Today, the service department is remembered as a dark chapter in Ford's legacy. While his innovations in the automobile industry and commitment to making cars affordable for the average person changed the way we live and work, his willingness to use violence to achieve his goals is a stain on his reputation. Henry Ford was forced to resign as president of the Ford Motor Company in 1945 due to a combination of factors, including his advanced age, declining health, and growing concerns about his ability to lead the company effectively. Ford was in his 80s at the time and had been increasingly out of touch with the changing times and the needs of the company. One of the key reasons for Ford's resignation was his strained relationship with his son, Edsel Ford, who was the company's president at the time. Edsel had been running the day-to-day -day operations of the company for many years and was seen as more attuned to the needs of the business than his aging father. However, Henry Ford was still the dominant force within the company and often overruled his son's decisions, causing tension and frustration within the organization. Another factor that contributed to Henry Ford's resignation was the pressure from the company's board of directors, who were concerned about the company's declining performance and the need for new leadership. The board had been pushing for changes within the company for some time and had been frustrated by Ford's resistance to innovation and modernization. Finally, there were also concerns about Henry Ford's health and his ability to continue leading the company effectively. Ford had suffered several heart attacks and was in declining health, which made it increasingly difficult for him to manage the company's operations effectively. In the end, a combination of these factors led to Henry Ford's resignation as president of the Ford Motor Company in 1945. However, he remained involved in the company as chairman of the board until his death in 1947, and his legacy as a pioneering figure in the automobile industry continues to be felt today. crazy, the things that happened in history. It goes to show that sometimes you can come so far, only to become your very own demise. Let us know what you think about this episode, and if we should put some more podcasts out on the controversy and dark side of the historical automotive industry. This one was fun, so I think we will do more. Tune in next Thursday at noon for another episode, and as always, keep cruise culture alive. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Cruise Culture Magazine podcast with new episodes every Mondays and Thursdays at noon. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss one and tell us in the comments what you want to hear in a future episode.
keep cruise culture alive.